appropriate worship is not going to stop now because preaching is worship and it is a wonderful and I say this my wife and I sister Rebecca is here with me it is a privilege today to be in this house uh, to be with you and wow what a great crowd y'all are going to have to build you're going to have to build I didn't hear too many amens but you will Hallelujah. Well, you know, there's a presence of God. You know, the Bible says where two or three are gathered together in my name. We're not here today in his memory, but we are here in his name. We are not having a memorial service for Jesus because he's not dead. He is alive. Good to see you, Brother Kleiman. All my friends here, it's good, so good to see you. You know, I want to give honor to Bishop Spooner that's not here today. I know he's on his way home. I want to give honor to him and then also give honor to your pastor and his lovely wife. Uh, you are blessed. You are blessed to have a pastor. Pastor Brian Spooner, uh, they are a... Uh, I just, he told me he had his older son here today, and I looked around, I, thought, I looked at him, I said, you don't look old enough to have a son that looks that old. I'm not saying you look so old, but, uh, but I know about this. See, I know about this. My dad will be 90 this year, and when we're together, they say, is this your brother? They ask me that. I know how you feel, man. I got you. And. Again, not to say you look old, just to, I understand, I understand how you could be with your dad and they could say, are you brothers, you know? At least that's the way I see it. But when your dad gets to be 90 and you're uh, 60, none of your business years old, and uh, you do feel bad about that. It is great. What a privilege. And I mean that. What a privilege to be in this great house of God today. I do feel the presence of the Lord. Would you one more time just lift your hands with me? One more time. Just lift up your hands and just praise God. I worship you, Lord Jesus. I worship you, Lord Jesus. For you alone are worthy. You alone are worthy. You're a mighty God. You're a mighty Savior. You're the everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. It's not many times that you're asked to preach a certain message, but I asked the Lord today. I prayed. I sought the Lord about this. And I do feel like that it is His will. Uh, to preach this message, but I will have you know that this message is for an apostolic church. If you're not apostolic, you probably won't get this, but I have a feeling you're going to get it because I believe this is an apostolic church. I feel the power of the Lord in this place right now. I believe that I... Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm holding the microphone. After all these years. Yeah, I understand. Amen. Luke chapter 15 and verse 
number 11. If you have a Bible or it's on the screen, you can look there. And you're going to say, well, that's a very familiar scripture. And it is. A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth unto me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous or reckless living. And when he had spent all, but I say all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed the hogs of the swine. And he would have fain, or he was just trying to fill his belly with the hogs that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thine hired servants." Psalm 16 and verse number 6, The lines have fallen unto me in pleasant places. I have a goodly heritage. Everybody say heritage. 2 Timothy 1 and 5, And when I call to remembrance the unfeigned or the pure faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that it is in thee also. So I want to begin this message today by letting you know that there is a difference between these two words, inheritance and heritage. Everybody say inheritance and heritage. And I would just maybe title it this, I want my inheritance and my heritage. One more time, would you clap your hands unto the Lord? <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you. You may be seated. The Lord is in the house today. This is a very familiar story that I read to you today. If you know your Bible, most of you could probably quote this story. And a certain man had two sons. And one of them said unto his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And his father said, and he did. So that's a very familiar. We call it the prodigal son. Although the Bible doesn't say he was prodigal, the word prodigal means extravagant or wasteful. Really what this story is about 
is a prodigal God, a God that is willing to go all the way for you and to reach you. But it's a story of a man that came to his father and he said, now listen to this, give me my inheritance. I want my inheritance before you die. Whoa, that's, that's some audacity, isn't it? Uh, my dad, as I said, is 90. He will be 90 this year. I'm not asking for no inheritance from him. Not that he wouldn't think about it, but I'm just not going to do that. I'm not a prodigal son. And so, uh, but he, he asked for his inheritance, and he asked for it in a demanding way. Notice, he did not ask for his heritage. He asked for his inheritance. And there is a difference. We will soon discover what a mistake that he made. He went out to start a new life and a new future with an inheritance without heritage. At first, he believed that there was nothing that he could not achieve. He was probably the kind of guy that people like to be around. He was the consummate life of the party. But what he did not realize, that the inheritance alone could not obtain for him what he had envisioned for himself. He had dreams. He had visions. But in the middle of all of those dreams and visions, one day he realized that he had nothing. And he was called and he found a job feeding hogs. And you've heard it said, what a menial and a very, not only menial, but a shameful job for a boy that was a Jew to be feeding swine. Hog meat is not eaten by Jews until this day. You may love your bacon and you may love all of that, but they still don't eat it if they're a true Jew. Now, I'm not against you eating any hogs, okay? He came to himself and he, in the hog pen and he looked around and he saw the situation he was in. I like these words. He came to himself. Uh, when, when you really realize where you are, you're going to come back to yourself. And he said, how many servants, I mean, the, the, the least people in my father's house have bread enough and to spare. I mean, they've got bread and they've got plenty of it. And so he began to talk to himself. I will arise and I'm going back to father's house. But notice he didn't say I'm going back to father's house in search of more inheritance. But he said, I'm going back to Father's house. But what he really wanted was the heritage that he left behind. Now listen to me. I'm in an apostolic church that I believe is a heritage church. I believe this is a heritage church. There's been an older bishop here, and there's a bishop here, and there's a pastor here, and there's a long line of apostolic power and apostolic anointing. If you're in this church today, you ought to thank God and raise your hand. I am in an apostolic 
apostolic, Pentecostal, Holy Ghost, tongue-talking, born-again, heaven-bound, believing church that believes in the liberating power of Jesus' name. That believe there's only one way to be saved, and that's to repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you. Everybody say, that's it. So we soon discover that there is a difference between a good family and a not-so-good family. Listen to me. There's a difference between a great nation and a not-so-great nation. He discovered that heritage was more important to him than all the inheritance he could ever receive. Because heritage has more to do with what we are and not what we have. Does anybody hear what I'm saying today? Heritage is something that we, that we are. You, you, you teach some by what you say. You teach more by what you do, but you teach most by what you are. Listen to me. What you really are is what counts. We have a lot of counterfeits today. We have a lot of people that have a facade and they come to church and they act like they are an apostolic. Some in apostolic churches, they act that way. They come to other churches and they act that way, but they live a different lifestyle. We soon discover that heritage cannot be bought or cannot be sold. It's not money or stocks or bonds. Uh, when I think of America today, first of all, let me talk about our nation. America, God shed his grace on thee and crowned thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. But when I look at America today, I realize that America, for the most part, has lost its heritage. America has forgotten where they came from. America has forgotten what it was founded upon. And I don't care what the, uh, the woke culture says, and I don't care what the, those that want to rewrite history says, we are founded upon biblical principles. We are founded upon the word of God. And that, my friends, is the heritage of America. That's why we could sing, God blessed America. I have a hard time singing that song now. I say, God have mercy on America. Can I go a little further here? Well, when we have a president that in his State of the Union address mentions uh, same-sex marriage and transgenders and all of this and tries to make a place for that, that is not the heritage of the America that I even grew up in. You see, Americans are enjoying an inheritance of freedom and an inheritance of financial blessing, bountiful blessings of heaven, but most do not understand where it came from because heritage brings inheritance. And when you start out with heritage of the Word of God, then there's going to be blessings. It's going to happen. 
the first president of the United States said it is an impo- it's impossible to govern a nation without God and the Bible. Lincoln said, I believe the Bible is the best gift God has ever given to man. All the good from the Savior of the world is communicated to us through that book, President Abraham Lincoln. Andrew Jackson said, sir, this is the rock on which our republic stands, speaking of the Bible. Just a few years ago, we commemorated the 75th year of the invasion right in France, uh, D-Day. Eisenhower, the leader of the Allied forces, came here with one book. He came here with a Bible. And a good church is not a good church. And a good nation is not a good nation. And a good home is not a good home unless we have heritage. And when, and when we forget where we came from, we will lose our heritage. And all we'll have is an inheritance of buildings, bonds, and finances. And thank God for finances. And thank God for blessings. But let me say again, inheritance flows out of heritage. The inheritance of great buildings. And financial blessings is wonderful even in the church today, but many have forgotten the reason or how they got that inheritance. I, uh, your pastor mentioned today that I've had them. One of them is Brother J.C. Cole. Brother J.C. Cole was Brother Billy Cole's father. And Brother J.C. Cole and I were very close, Parkersburg, West Virginia, But when he first went there back in the 40s, Brother Cole started a church in a garage. And it was during World War II in the 40s. And there there would be uh, people or young, uh, not, uh, not young, some of them young probably, but older ladies mainly, praying for their sons overseas. And they would get in that garage and they got to praying so loud that the neighbors started complaining. And so the police came down and said to Brother Cole, you're going to have to stop that. He said, I'm not going to stop that. If you want it stopped, you stop it. And so the police walked into the little garage and was getting ready to stop it. But when he walked in, he saw all these ladies speaking in tongues and praying and crying. And all he could do was turn around and walk out and said, I can't do anything about that. I'm going to tell you, that's the heritage we came from. That's the heritage this church was born in. And if we were born in the fire, we cannot be satisfied with just a little match being lit. Come on. If we were born in the fire of the Holy Ghost, we will not be satisfied with lights and smoke and mirrors. It's got to be the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. We cannot leave that, folks. I'm going to tell you, I don't care what you think about holiness, but I tell you the power of God is in holiness. Don't tell me. I've walked into churches where there was no outward, let's just say outward holiness. And if you, got, if you don't have outward holiness, I doubt very seriously if you've got so much inward holiness. I don't care what the world says. But I can tell the difference and you can tell the difference in their worship. 
They may speak in tongues. They may do a lot of things. But they, you don't feel what you felt right here in this church this morning when you saw ladies and men walk up here with tears streaming down their cheeks and there was a sincerity and there was a joy and there was a victory and there was a sound of a rushing mighty wind and there was a sound. Everybody say a sound. Where's that musician at? Come up here, bro. I need your help just for a second. Man, I know you're a good player. You know how to do this, what I'm going to ask you to do. But there is a, there is a, everybody say a sound. Hit me an A real loud. Everybody say, come on, get on that pitch. I want to hear it all over the building. Do it again. You know what that is? He knows what that is. That is, the, that is the middle A that every, every instrument in America is tuned by, even in Europe. That's right. It's all by that middle A. Hit it again. Everybody sing. You know what I say? That's an apostolic A. Hallelujah. If you really got the Holy Ghost, if you know how to worship God, if you feel the presence of God here today, I'm going to tell you what that sound is. It's not, it's not A flat. A flat. Uh, oh. I've walked into churches and I've waited for that sound of A and I heard an A flat. No, 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 no. Ain't right. Something ain't right here, folks. Come on, something ain't right. Uh, uh, and let me hear a good strong A again. Uh, it's just a half a step off. Uh, uh, hit it again. Ba, 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 ba. Well, I got the Holy Ghost down in my soul, just like the Bible said. Got the Holy Ghost. That's it. I'm not going to sing. How many like a good strong A? Thank you. How many believe that this is the only way to real, for real worship and for the power of God to be felt? We got to remember where we've come from. Here's what's happening. Now, I just want to get down to a little stuff you may not want to hear. I think you will because you're an apostolic church. But heritage is an essential part of the present we live in and the future we will build. You may keep the inheritance and throw away the heritage, which is happening in a lot of churches today. They've kept the inheritance. Yeah, they still do a lot of things they normally did, but they threw away their heritage. They don't look like apostolic anymore. Come on, anybody help me out today? They don't act like apostolics anymore. The heritage, they're throwing away. But when you throw away the heritage, the next generation will have neither heritage or inheritance. You will lose both of them. That's what the danger is today. My God, we need to realize that there's only a holy God that wants holiness in the church. I must be holy. I must be holy. I must be holy. Paul said to Timothy, remember the unfeigned faith that was in thy grandmother and thy mother. My grandmother, my grandmother was an old-fashioned missionary Baptist woman. You say, well, that's not episode. Wait, not the end of the story. 
1930s, she was down in the Ozarks of Arkansas, where I was born, by the way. I'll be an Arkansasier. Any Arkansasiers here? Surely somebody in Flint is an Arkansasier. Any Southie Missourians here? Huh? Somebody help me. Come on now. I knew I had some help in here today. But uh, she, she was an old-time Pentecostal lady. And Brother T.W. Barnes was her pastor down in uh, uh, Pendle, Louisiana. And Brother, Brother Barnes said, if Jesse Trammell, that was her name, Jesse, Trammell had eggs, I had eggs. <laughs> if, if she had milk, the preacher had milk. Come on. I, I'm talking about an old-time Holy Ghost anointing. An old-time holy, this is a giving church also. I feel that. You know what? It never hurts the church to give because when you give, God says, I am going to bless you. Thank God for the blessing of inheritance. But that is our heritage. We have a heritage of giving in this church. Don't ever stop giving to missions. Don't ever stop giving. Because when you give, God says, I'm going to bless you. And Jeremiah in Jeremiah, God grieves over his heritage. He's not grieving over property. He's not grieving over tents and camels. He was grieving over his people. In Jeremiah 12 and 13, it was his people. God wanted his glory and honor to be seen through his people. And look at what God did. Let me tell you, God will not stay with a church that walks away from heritage. Deuteronomy 28 said, I will bless you because you would, if you will be faithful to read my words, too many people wanting to have a life for themselves on the basis of their inheritance to the, to the exclusion of their heritage are walking away from the power of God. Esau and Jacob, Esau said, I want what I want. You know what the Bible says about Jacob and Esau? Anybody know what it says? He said, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. That always has bothered me. How could God say that? I love Jacob, but I hate Esau. I'll tell you how. God said to Esau, he didn't say it, but he let this happen. He said, all right, Esau, you want to go the way you want to go? I'm going to let you go. All God has to do is let you go and do what you want to do, and you're going to find out that God is not your friend. You say, I don't believe that. Well, it's in the book. He let him go, and Esau, Esau walked away from the blessings of God. But he said, Jacob have I loved. What was it about Jacob? Jacob said, I want to know him. I want to wrestle with him. I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek the face of God. Oh, yeah, I've made some mistakes, but I'm going to get back up, and I'm going to walk again. I'm going to shout again. Oh, am I talking to some saints today? You've been through some trials. You've been through some problems even last week, the last few months. But I tell you, God hears the prayer of people that have a heritage of Holy Ghost anointing. And God says, I am not going to leave you alone. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost here saying to somebody, I'm going to help you. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to uphold you. with the right hand of my righteousness. You know, we, we need to hear from God today. We don't need sermons. 
We don't, we, oh, what, what beautiful songs we sing today. But I'm going to tell you, those songs were anointed by God. That would have just been a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal, but there was an anointing in this house. There was an apostolic anointing in this place. Thank God. If you are in this church today, you ought to lift your hands and thank God for the heritage. You ought to thank God that we haven't walked away from our heritage and we're going to stay here and we're going to worship God and we're going to be apostolic and we're going to keep praising God and we're going to keep living a holy life. Uh, as soon as you start talking about that, people say, well, you think you're perfect. No, no, no. I'm not perfect. I've failed God. I have, uh, I've fallen flat on my face, and I've had to go to God and say, I didn't say, God, I'm a preacher. God, I'm a district superintendent. No, no, that doesn't even matter. God, I'm just a man, and I need your help. Come on. Somebody help me preach right now. Come on. Let's be honest with it. You know what I'm talking about. We need deliverance from the lust of our flesh, the lust of our eyes, the pride of our life. We've got to have an anointing on us. It said, Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever, 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 forever. And he said this in Psalm 16 and 6, The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. That's heritage. And he said, I have a what? I have a goodly heritage. How many realize what kind of heritage you have? If you have a mother or a grandmother that was in this, raise your hand. Anybody? Well, look at that all over this church. My God, have mercy. I'm going to tell you something, folks. There is nothing that can stop the apostolic church from going forward. The only thing that will stop it is us. God don't want us to stop. The Holy Ghost is going to move. But we have got to realize that there is a promise to the church of the living God. I will pour out my spirit. I will if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. You know, I'm going to deviate for just a moment because I keep feeling this right now. Some of you here today, you think, well, I've been through so much. We've been through COVID. Some of you have been through sickness lately. You've been through trouble. You've been through something in your family. I'm just feeling, I'm preaching what I feel right now. This is not on my notes. You've been through situations that you don't know what to do about. You have no idea what to do. Let me tell you what, I got a word for you today. Hey, we're waiting. We don't have to say amen. Just say it, bro. Okay, I will. Everybody say, the Lord is on my side. A number of years ago, I was going through a real trial in my life, and a pastor friend sent me a scripture, a text, and it said, Psalm 118, verse 5 and 6, in my distress, how many has got any stress going on? Come on, be honest. Uh, it, it was called distress in the Bible, and we call it stress. In my stress or distress, I called upon the Lord, and the Lord, what? Answered me. Can you put that on the screen, Psalm 118, verse 5 and 6? If you can't, don't worry about it. Psalm 118, verse 5 and 6, in my distress, I called upon the Lord, and the Lord answered me and set me in a large place. Everybody say a large place. The Lord is on my side. 
So what did I do? I started saying that over and over. I was going through something. Man, I was going through something. And I said, every, I just say, the Lord is on my side. The Lord is on my side. You say, that doesn't work. Oh, yes, it does work. The Lord is on my side. The Lord is on my side. The Lord is on my side. You know, who's on your side? Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard? The everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is he weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The Lord is on my side. The Lord is on my side. Come on, the Lord is on my side. 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 Somebody turn that mic up. The Lord is on my side. The Lord is on my side. The Lord is on my side. Who's on your side? The Creator, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. The Lord is on my side. The Lord is on my side. Come on now, the Lord. The Lord. The Lord is on my side. 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 Yes, he is. The Lord is on my side. The Lord is on my side. Jesus, the mighty God, the great creator, the everlasting father, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the Lord is on my side. I don't know about you, but I want my heritage. I don't want just my inheritance. I want a heritage of apostolic anointing and apostolic power. Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, yes, Psalm 61 and 5, for you, God, have heard my vows, and you have given me the heritage of those that fear thy name. Our heritage is not baggage. Our heritage is not bondage. Our heritage is powerful. The great commission flows out of the great commandment. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. Go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Not some deluded gospel, not some three trinity gospel, but the apostolic anointing of the Holy Ghost. Jesus is in this house. Well, let me end this message today. Five things. Everybody say five things. Don't get scared. I'm going to go through them real fast. Five things that are non-negotiables to have a heritage of power, an apostolic anointing. Number one, we have to have, we have to have a church that is centered in a person. Who is that person? Truth was a person before it ever became a doctrine. Am I losing you? The truth was a person before it ever became a doctrine. 
I thank God for the doctrine. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ and all of that. But I'm going to tell you, you've got to get back to Jesus. Somebody said, well, I, I believe in the old-fashioned doctrine. Good. But also remember this, Colossians 1 and 16, for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the pre Eminence. Every time we come to church, it ought to be Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Every time you leave church, it ought to be Jesus, Jesus. We are unapologetically Christ-centered. We are unapologetically apostolic. We are unapologetically saying this, there is only one name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. The world cannot accept that. Why not make allowances, they say, for other religions and other traditions? They mean well. Why do you always have to come back to Jesus? Isaiah 44 and 8, is there any other God beside me? I know not any other rock. I know not any. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so we are Jesus Christ-centered. Number two, a passion for God. I saw some wonderful tears at this altar today. I saw some people that weren't just going through emotion. They were praying. They were worshiping God. That's passion. God, don't ever let us lose our passion. Everybody say passion. Passion for God. Passion. Passion to see this gospel preached. My wife and I have spent almost two years now going overseas. I was overseas six times last year. I've already been to Chile, South America this year. And I left there and they had uh, floods and wildfires and everything. I left one place. I left Kiev, Ukraine, and they started a war, so don't ask me to come overseas too much to certain places. But I'm going to tell you, I don't think it has nothing to do with me, but we have to have a passion for God. Jesus called his disciples that they might be with him. Somebody said, I want the power to work miracles. The first thing he said, I want you to be with me. Be with me, and then you have power. Uh, lawlessness will increase, and the love of many shall wax cold. If Ephesus had left its first love, God is calling us not just to like him, but to love him. I love our music. I make no apology for our exuberance in worship, but we must realize that this is our heritage. Passionate worship is our heritage. Obedience to the word of God is our heritage. That's the kind of passion that motivates us to live for God. Passion to see the glory of God among the nations. When I was 19 years old, I walked into a church, didn't know nobody, just a little kid from nowhere, and didn't know hardly anybody. I walked into this church, and there's a blind lady there, and she shook my hand. They introduced me to her, and after church, she called me back. She said, I want to talk to that young man. He, she came over there, and she sat there. She was blind. I walked over. She put her hand in my head. She began to speak in tongues, and then she began to interpret. I'm going to open many doors for you around the world. 
I thought, my God, have mercy. How is this going to happen? Let me tell you what God did. God's got a way of giving you a vision. And when you get that vision, you hold on to that vision. You hold on to it. I don't care what you see, young men, young ladies, everybody in here. Hold on. I don't care how old you are. If God told you what he was going to do, he's going to do it. If God said, I'm going to save your kids, he's going to save your kids. A passion to see the glory of God uh, among the nation. God is too good to be limited just to one church. I'm talking about this local church, but the great commission flows out of the great commandment. And then number three, the prophetic. These are things we will not, we will die for. We will die for. We need the prophetic. A passion for God will produce a prophetic people. You say, what does that mean? Revelation 19 and 10. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now, I don't claim to be a prophet, but I feel like as I've been preaching today, I've been prophesying today. Is that okay? If this man gets up here and preaches a word, he's the pastor of this church, you better listen because God set him here. He's the set man of the house. And so when I walk in here, I am under his authority. And if I say anything wrong, he can fix it when I leave or even when I stay. I've had him change it when I stay. I was preaching in Grand Leds many, many years ago, and I got up one night, the first night of the revival, and I said, God is going to heal people in this revival. God's going to bring people off the street. God's going to do this, 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 this. I mean, I talked about all kinds of things. And at the end of that revival, Brother Doug Stevens, how many know who I'm talking about in Grand Ledge? He pastored Grand Ledge, Michigan for many years, started the church, I do believe. And uh, so he got up and he said, everything that this man said has come to pass. I thought, oh, thank God, because I had listed off a bunch of stuff. I'd have been a false prophet for sure. Let me tell you, Jesus Christ, his spirit is the spirit of prophecy. I was preaching in a church in Michigan and uh, I um, was preaching on the fact that God is one. I was talking about Hebrew, uh, not Hebrews, Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Hear, O Israel, the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, uh, the, hear, o Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And I began preaching on that. And I had the pastor call me and said, do, do you speak Arabic? I said, Arabic? I don't know Arabic. I don't know one. Now I do know one word in Arabic or a couple of them now because I've been to Jordan. And shukran means thank you. Thank you very much, shukran. And so, anyway, I said, no, I don't speak Arabic. He said, well, we have a lady that was there in that service from Saudi Arabia, and she said that you said in perfect Arabic, I testify there is only one God, and his name is Jesus of Nazareth, son of Mary. I don't know how that happened. I don't know what. All I know is the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Come on. We need the prophetic. We need God to speak to us. We need God to touch us. We need the Holy Ghost. Five things that we will not apologize for. This is our heritage. Thank God for speaking in tongues. Thank God for the gifts of the Spirit. Thank God for God speaking to a church through uh, tongues and interpretation. This is our heritage. Hosea 12 and 13, and by a prophet, listen, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt, and by a prophet, 
Israel was preserved. We need the power of God today. We don't need uh, we don't need man-made things. We don't need some kind of a man-made concoction. We sat in the office this morning, and we they came in and they said, "Here's the order of the service." I think that's great. I think that's wonderful. And they gave me a paper, and I saw the whole order. But I like what the pastor said. If God takes over this paper right here, we're not going to do anything about it. We're just going to go with God. Did you say it? Something like that. That's my version of it. That's what I understood. Everybody say amen. We need the prophetic. Everybody say, we need the prophetic. Not only that, but we need the power of love. We don't need power just for the sake of power. The disciples one day, and I'm getting ready to close. Come help me out, my brother. The, the disciples one day had left the Samaritan city, and they said, Lord, he, they, didn't, they didn't accept you. Let's call down fire, and let's just destroy them all. The sons of thunder. What did Jesus say? Anybody know? You don't know what spirit you're of. Now, think about this for a minute. They said, let's call down fire. But if you go over to the book of Acts, chapter 8, here's the same, some of the same disciples going into Samaria. And what are they doing? They're laying the hands on people, and they're receiving the Holy Ghost. What the Lord was saying, wait, I want you to call down the real fire on them. Anybody get that? The Holy Ghost fire. Not judgment fire, but Holy Ghost fire. And so we need love. We need grace. Uh, the grace is the empowering presence of God that allows us to do what God has called us to do. Thank God for grace today. How many, how many are thankful for grace? I was walking. You know, and we also, we also need to be touching people everywhere we go. Everywhere we go. I, I was in uh, the state of Michigan one day in Grand Rapids, and I'm walking out to go into a restaurant, and there's a woman sitting in her car with the window down. It's summertime, and she's sitting there, and she's looking at her lottery ticket. And so I, I'm known to do this. I say, hey, did you win anything? She said, oh, no, I only won $38. I was supposed to win, like, I don't know how much. There's a lot more. Well, I said, well, that's terrible. And uh, by the way, don't play the lottery. You know, I'm just, telling you, I'm just telling her that was bad. You just waste your money. But uh, I said, that's terrible. I said, what's your name? She said, Grace. I said, oh, Grace. I said, that's a great name. And then it led into a whole lot of things. I've been telling her how much Jesus loved her. And I, she said, oh, I need Jesus. The world needs Jesus. Come on. Help me today. The world needs Jesus. The world needs Jesus. And how are they going to find Jesus unless they see Jesus in you? Grace. The God of all grace who hath called us into the eternal sonship. Oh, there's a God, the almighty God. God has called us into the eternal plan. And everybody say the last word, plan. God has a plan. Hallelujah. We need passion. We need the presence of God. We need the love of God. But God's plan always works. I said, God's plan always works. My mother died about, how long has it been? I'm trying to think real quick here. Uh, anyway, she died about thir 10 years ago, 10 years this year. She died. My mother was, was a soul winner. Everywhere she went, she was talking to people, winning souls. 
laundromat one day. She's talking to these people and brought these people to church and God filled them with the Holy Ghost and that church right now still has, still has, after all these years, people by that name because of my mother's testimony. She was a wonderful lady. It's not a good day when your mom dies, you know. But uh, when she died, I felt something come over me. And I'm just telling you what I felt, okay? You don't have to believe this. Do it if you want to. I said, oh, God, I found myself going. Everywhere I was going, I was talking to people. I was praying for people in Cracker Barrel. I think my wife is getting a little bit worried about me. I'm, I'm preaching to people. I'm talking to people everywhere. And I said, one day I said, God, what is this? What's going on? And I look down at my phone. This is a truth. Oh, where's my, oh, it's over there. And I look at my phone, and across the screen of my phone says, The Mantle of a Mother. Now, I will tell you that I had a sermon on my phone called The Mantle of a Mother, but you could have put a gun to my head and said, Find that sermon. It would have been a hard deal for me to find. But somehow God pulled it up and showed me what was going on. This is the mantle of your mother. You said, I don't believe in mantles. I do. If you ever get one, you'll believe. If you ever get a mantle, what we need, first of all, is the mantle of the Holy Ghost getting on the inside of us. But this church has a mantle of apostolic anointing. Come on. This is your heritage. And you are a great people with a great heritage and the prophetic mantle that is increasing here. There is a river that runs deep here. And don't ever lose it. Don't ever walk away from it. Don't ever walk away from our heritage. Stand to your feet right now and say, God, come on, cry out to him right now. God, give me a passion. Give me an anointing. Give me a touch of the Holy Ghost. Change my life. Let me have what grandmother had. Let me have what my mother had. Let me have what the pastor had. Let me have what the old bishop had. Oh, God, we need a prophetic mantle. Anybody here want to lift your hands? Anybody here want to come to the front of this church right now and say, God, I've got a passion. I've got a passion for the prophetic. I've got a passion for the plan. I've got a passion for the power of God. I've got a passion for the peace of God. I've got a passion for the strength of the Holy Ghost to move in my life right now. Cry out to him right now. Come on, just cry out. God, I want my inheritance, but I also want my heritage. I'm not going to walk away from apostolic heritage. I'm not going to walk away from holiness. I'm not going to walk away from what you promised to this church.